Welcome to the Tangled Tanuki Bonsai Podcast. Welcome back to the Tangled Tanuki Bonsai Podcast. Today I've got the great pleasure of uh, welcoming Morton Albeck uh, onto the podcast today. How are you doing, Morton? Things fine, and you? Uh, very good. Hot. We're going into summer. Yeah, we're going into spring and we have that uh, wonderful uh, sunny spring weather after a period of rain, rain and rain and then drought, drought and drought. But now it's more comfortable. Yeah, and better better for the bonsai. And you're over in uh, Denmark, correct? Yes, up north in Europe, not Europe, but still a, a, a little bit more mild climate than Norway and Sweden because we do not have any mountains. We just have water around us. That helps. It's more of an island. Yeah, it is actually mostly islands. Uh, we have a main uh, main part of this country that is uh, not an island, but almost a half island, and the rest are small, smaller or larger islands. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of your bonsai shop, but I'd really like to, first of all, know how to pronounce it correctly. The name is uh, Kisetsu N, and N means garden, and uh, Kisetsu uh, is a kind of, the if you translated more or less directly it is the garden of the changing seasons and uh, i i chose that name because uh, especially because i'm so much into shohan bonsai and they are very focused on the changing seasons so i found that name was uh, fitting very well ah well i'm glad i'm glad we've already gotten into straight into the topic of uh, shohan because that's really one of what i wanted to pick your brain about today basically we can maybe just start like what what is showing? I mean, other than my basic understanding that it's a smaller version of a bonsai, there's obviously a much broader topic uh, that we can dig into today. Yeah, it, as a showing bonsai is pretty much different than a so to speak normal bonsai, but this the size matters here. It is a uh, classification of bonsai, but it divides in other topics too. But the classification is that you say that a shohin bonsai to be a shohin bonsai, and shohin means a little thing. That's the actual like translation is a little That's thing. That's the actual a little thing bonsai. <laughs> if you say shohin okay. bonsai, it means a small thing bonsai. Okay. But, uh, and the measure is a maximum. If we take it uh, rigidly, the rules, so to speak, says maximum twenty centimeters from the rim of the pot to the top of the tree. But there are a lot uh, of sideways where you can have a small thin gin that extending that uh, measure Mm. the most important thing is that you feel it like a small tree and that is one of those funny things with bonsai that you cannot say it is exactly like this because you have to understand the culture you have just have to know it is like that so you will find trees that extends a little up to 23 centimeters or more and nobody measures uh, at an exhibition because uh, Shohin bonsai always exhibited more than one tree. A larger bonsai will be exhibited uh, solely just as one tree that you look at and you imagine where it is living. And Shohin bonsai is at least two trees together, but up to seven or even more if it, they are smaller. So you have an uh, exhibit area at maybe 180 centimeters wide, and then you can fill in trees so it looks good. And the racks are built for that size of trees and that's actually the, it these are the these are those bonsai stands with like the yeah. either round with the different levels and yes and they have uh, different depths and different heights and, and different uh, dimension and 
the trees just have to fit in that. And if a tree is 23 centimeters, it doesn't matter. But as soon as you exceed that, then it begins to be difficult to say it is a, a small thing bonsai. Then they become a little too large, and then it is another category. But the main thing with Shohin bonsai, uh, when you compare it to normal bonsai, so to speak, is that with Shohin bonsai, you're very focused on the seasonal changes where a single bonsai is very much focused on the beauty of that tree. If it is a flowering tree, of course, you will have the focus of the flowers in that season. But Shohin bonsai is all about the season. So when you set trees up together, you have a main tree that can be a codiferous tree that shows some strength. And then the next tree you set up to interact with that have to be a tree that clearly expresses the season. It can be a flowering prune, a cherry tree in spring, and can be a Japanese maple in winter with the naked branches where the leaves have dropped. It can be everything that have berries in autumn, for example, and so you carry on. But the most important thing is that at least that second tree in the display will show the seasons clearly. And then you have a, another uh, dimension of it, and that is if you have a large bonsai, you, of course, will be able to imagine where it is living. If it is a cascade tree, you will imagine it is dropping from a cliff somewhere. It could be in Israel, it could be in wherever in the world where we have mountains. But when you put up a showhand display, it's much more about a landscape feeling. It, does, it doesn't have to be a mountain or it can be a field or anything, but you have that putting several trees together, you have that expression of a landscape in front of you. But you have to use your imagine, uh, imagination a lot because the trees are small and the smaller they are, the more they are implying a large tree where, where you make a big bonsai, you can make it very detailed and you can make it look really like a miniature tree taken from a mountain and put into a pot. But as soon as you get down in small, 10 centimeters bonsai, of course, a lot of imagination have to be added to it from the. You've got less brush strokes when you when you're going yes, into the smaller exactly. trees. Eh? Exactly, and that makes it also a little bit more difficult to make them convincing. Okay. Yeah. yeah this was one of the things that I was I was before uh, I was thinking of things to maybe ask, and this was one of the things that uh, I wanted to. I was sort of going back and forth. Because yeah. bigger trees, you've got you've got more material to work on. If there's errors, you can maybe hide them away with like bending a little branch down and hiding it away. Or if there's a scar, you might. But I think on the smaller scale, you've got. I think your the the margin for error that you have must be a lot finer than with yeah. the bigger trees, eh? Yeah, there are a lot of limitations because after if you if you have the spring season, as, as soon as a Japanese maple set leaves. In two weeks, uh, the the image is ruined, so to speak. And just two centimeters of growth will ruin what you have done if you're down in a size of 10 centimeters, of course. And just two centimeters extra will ruin the image. And you have to be very precise when you are wiring and when you are cutting. And you have to be able to foresee what happens within the next weeks. With all bonsai, they don't have to look uh, perfect all the time. There is a training season and then there is an exhibition period. So everything we do in between exhibitions or when the tree have to, to look very good for, if you bring it into your living room and have guests or you put it on a show on an exhibition, that is the time where it have to peak. And in between that is a training period and you have to accept that the trees doesn't look neat and nice all the time. 
I think a lot of people are getting a little fooled when they see pictures from Japanese gardens, bonsai gardens, because everything looks fantastic. And then we try to copy that in our own gardens because it looked fantastic there. I have to do the same. But what you don't don't know is that behind the fences are all the trees that are in training and it is a sales area where you put forward what you want to sell and that have to look fantastic. Yeah, this yeah. is something that I'm sort of, I'm trying to still wrap my mind around in terms of that the trees don't have to look perfect all the time. In, for the tree to be healthy and for the tree to exactly. actually, to, to gain that strength, to be able to put it on show or to yeah. have at least a few years of, of getting it ready, then yeah. that's that that's part of the that's part of the game is that you have to train the tree, let it grow out a little bit, cut it back. You you can maybe compare it with with a soccer player, a football player who have have a game in the weekend and he has to he have one and a half hour to peak, and in between he have to uh, regain his strength and relax and train a little, and then he can peak the next weekend again. And with just wider dimensions, the same for tree. You have it can peak for a short period, and then you have to train it up again. And then you let it regain strength. Okay. It's really important that you sometimes let branches grow, especially now here in spring where I am, let some of the branches extend. So they suck up a lot of nutrients via the photosynthesis, set it back to the roots, and then you can prune back. Because if you, as soon as the spring emerges and you see a long shoot growing and you cut it back because then the shape is ruined, then you begin to ruin the health of the tree. And not making it able to look good later. Would that also encourage like a long, like what if at least it's sort of a, something that I've noticed is if you cut it like early when they're growing, yeah, the tree sort of sends out then longer internodes instead of you. I, I think what we want in bonsai is you're normally looking for short internodes and Absolutely. small leaves. Yeah. So when you cut it, when it's in that, when it's pushing, then mm -hmm. that next push is going to be a little bit longer. So it's all also about timing, I guess. So. Eh? It's very much about timing, and especially with, with Shohin bonsai, where you really want those short internodes distance between the leaves. And the technique is to keep the tree healthy. You let the spring grow grow freely, so all the soft growth hardens off. It will be much too long, of course, for the tree. Then when it hardens off, and that is when the leaves begin to become a little bit stiffer and not soft, and a little darker green than the early light or reddish green they have, then you cut that new extended growth back, and then the next growth that comes after that will be shorter and weaker. So mm. the first growth we have to let be in most cases, simply to strengthen up the tree and make it ready to push the next growth that just is weaker and fits with the size of the tree. So how does this, this seems to me, it must be quite a delicate balance in the showing, because I mean, if you let it go a little bit too long, you can, the tree can get away from you rather quickly. Of course it can, but it doesn't matter in spring because we are in a training period in spring. We just want to strengthen up the tree. And no matter if it has a 10 centimeter long growth, we just when that hardens off, I cut it off at the base where it emerged. And then new buds will appear down there and they will be shorter and fit the tree. Would it be like a natural progression that like as a showing tree, it's a showing tree, would it stay a showing tree for its full life or would it eventually just, I mean, eventually the growth of the tree is going to push it out of this 
sort of yeah. size uh, slowly, limit. I mean, slowly it will just expand and expand and expand, and it will not be possible to cut it back uh, anymore and keep it in that small size. But the pit, that all depends on the species. I have a, a very small uh, Shimpaku juniper that is maybe 10 centimeters. Uh, it is a cascade tree, 10 or 11 centimeters wide now. And it has stayed there for, I even shortened it a little and have stayed there for 22 years now. I'm sure I can keep it for another 20 years, but then I had to move it up in a little bit bigger part. And then it will be a little bit larger. And some trees will grow out of that shape eventually, especially strong growing trees. And then you have to put them up in a slightly bigger pot so they can still be healthy and growing and just have to accept that eventually it's not a showing anymore, but it, well, it's still a bonsai. So would you then, so would you then select species that are more basically easier? I mean, most of bonsai, you're normally looking for trees that grow well in your area or that you don't have to sort of that are good for your climate. But now with showing, it's like an extra parameter that you might mm. even want genetics that are even more towards like slower growing or shorter like really short short internodes and things like that maybe not slow growing it because that will be slowed down automatically when you put them in such a small pot and, and you prune them and have them in that size uh, so they will grow slowly eventually the older they get the slower they they grow but you will be able i i would look for the main thing is to look for something that genetically have small leaves or short needles already. So they fit with the size of a showing some, you can use some techniques to, to uh, make leaves smaller over time. But if you have very large leaves, they will never fit with that small size. So you have to find something that fits with the size of the tree uh, or you, that, you know, you will be able to train that in a way. So they get that really small uh, leaves or needles. And some of it is techniques where you rapidly can get it smaller and some will just happen over time. When the tree has stayed in that pot for maybe 20 years, of course, being repotted and the denser the ramification of the roots and the branches on top of the soil is, the smaller the leaves and the more compact the tree will be. So I have trees that started out have pretty big leaves and then all of a sudden it begins to change when they mature and get old. And then they automatically get shorter. And then it's a balance between how much you fertilize, when you fertilize, how you water and what soil types you have and, and how you prune. All, all of that is a complex thing that you have to learn over time. All the balls that you have to juggle. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so so what actually got you into showing bonza? Like I mean I mean a lot of the trees that we see like on the internet are these big huge like mm -hmm. bend, bent junipers or massive yeah. trees. Like, I mean, now from the States, you're seeing like these big Utah junipers that are coming out. And I think even in Europe, you've got the, the olives from Spain and Italy. So, yeah. so what actually got you going in the opposite direction? It, it came quite naturally because I live in a country where we have no mountains, we have no large trees. So it was not an option. And when I started without uh, internet and everything to, to, to search and, and know about things, I just tried out some things uh, and I went to nurseries to, to find material to work with because nobody was, was selling uh, bonsai at that time. So I just went to a nursery, bought some uh, uh, small shrubs and trees and, and tried them out. So they naturally, to, to fit the, the trunk diameter, 
naturally I just went into that it was showing from the very start without I was uh, it was not deliberate it was just sort of by accident you fell into it yeah and then, then I found out that there was something that was named Shohin Bonsai and uh, it just uh, fitted my mind I like that little maybe a little more or less serious approach to Bonsai that I think many Shohin people have there also are people who are very serious with competition buys expensive trees but for me had has always been that a little bit more playful approach to it and and here i think uh, shohin bonsai also because i'm not a, a type of guy who just wants huge coniferous trees and only that i, I think it's really funny and challenging also to make uh, flowering trees how to time that to get a small tree to flower uh, in spring without ruining that or making it develop berries and all of the beauty of that speaks to me so for me shohin bonsai is it's just a personal thing i really fancy that's part of bonsai and it is not like i don't like to see those massive huge trees but sometimes i think it gets almost just big to be big and not beauty ah okay because one one of the things that is a lot like that I didn't actually understand before now that we started talking is that you said that the trees you normally you show them together you show them as part of like so this is something that's that I didn't really uh, know about the show in that that I'm not not thinking about like so you would never show a show in just by itself or even as like we've got all these massive big trees that might be a meter high would they ever yeah. use a show in bonsai next to like a bigger tree like that not not with a, a, a huge tree uh, like one meter except if it's a very slim and thin and elegant like uh, a literati style tree where you only have a very thin trunk and a few branches then you could put a shohin bonsai besides it but you will not you will not name that a shohin display you will name it a shohin display when the trees are all in that size but you can mix things and i find it interesting to make those and, and it's much more difficult to make a shohin display than a one tree display because if you have one beautiful tree you can set that up and that's it but here if you want to set five trees up yeah, they have yeah. to be beautiful all of them and they have to be perfect all of them at that time that makes it much more difficult and they have to have the same the right direction so they point to each other so if you have 10 trees and they don't fit together then you have maybe need 10 or 20 trees that are good at that time so you can mix them right so wow. you need a lot of lot more trees to make them fit together than if you just display one okay and you always have like a lead tree in the display that's yeah that's that's the leader and everything else sort of flows off of that yeah that's the tradition uh, and I, I i try to to preach that you don't do not have to follow the traditions you can do whatever you want but the tradition is the Japanese tradition also arriving uh, from China is that you have a leading tree and most of the time that is the strongest tree and that can be a in Europe it could be an European yew in Japan it's often is a Japanese black pine that's a tradition not not something you have to do but that's the typical thing and then you have that secondary tree that point that those two have to point towards each other and that secondary tree has to be one that clearly indicates the season. 
And the rest of the trees you put in the rack have to support that feeling. And you use different pots, so you do not use uh, two uh, rectangular pots uh, that are colored blue, for example. They have to be different, all of them. Wow. So you really are juggling. I mean, there's like, it's not just the 10 trees. You've also got the stand itself that has to actually be sort of working with the trees and the pots. Do you also use the accents? Typically, use one accent with that supporting tree. And again, that is just the tradition, again, not a rule. Uh, And I think in the Western world, we we have a habit of whatever we see from Japan, it has to be exactly like that. But I have I have been talking to showing people there and I have friends in Japan and I have asked them that question over and over. What about the top tree? Does it have to be a Japanese black pine? Could could it be a flowering tree? Yeah, of course. But I never see that. No. Why? No, just because we do this like we do. So there's not really an explanation. It is a tradition and the Japanese black pine means a lot uh, to the Japanese people. It is a religious tree and it is a cultural thing. So they often use that as a top tree because that have something to do with their mindset. But you can use whatever you want and you can switch things, but you rarely see it because especially the Japanese are very bound to tradition and Westerners have a habit of looking at the Japanese and say, okay, they do it like that. That's the only way we can copy paste, copy paste, but we can do whatever we want. And I try to preach that in between that, try to do something different. If it works, it works. I picked up two words like strong and top. So the like a strong tree, are you talking about yeah. like that that's like a masculine tree, what we would call like a masculine tree or a or sort exactly. of like a more muscular tree? That's that's what you're talking about there? Yeah, you have a masculine tree at the top, a strong tree, and then you have the more feminine tree that will often be a flowering or fruit bearing tree or the citrus tree without leaves or or with that those tender leaves like the Japanese maple aside of it. So you have that contrast between those. And you use uh, unglazed pots traditionally for the coniferous trees and glazed pots for for the feminine trees. So it's like a dance. Basically, what, what you're doing yeah. is uh, setting up a dance. Yeah, and it, ha- it kind of have to be poetic and it have to have an expression like a poem or something or a piece of music. You should look at it and, and it should play well together in that sense. So if, if you make that impact, then, then you have succeeded. I always thought because they're smaller trees, that's why they put more of them sort of on the stands. You know, I didn't, I didn't really re- realize at least it, it was actually set up that way to, to create that dynamic. Yeah, it is. And if you take a look at it, it derives a little from the, the way we display bonsai in general, fr- from the landscape paintings you see in Japan with, with a piece of white paper and grays and, and black strokes where you see a mountainside and a branch from a pine, for example. That's the same thing we do when we set up a display. We have a lot of empty area around the trees and that fills in the rest with your imagination on, on how that landscape is presented. Like a watercolor painting where you just have a few strokes and the rest is just white and your mind put fills in the rest of the landscape. So would you say like showing is more abstract in a way? It would be because if you have a single tree, you will immediately see the tree as it looks in nature. It can be a big, slim and elegant pine and you will know that tree. You have seen it somewhere in nature. But here where you have small trees, you maybe just have 
a very small trunk and, and one branch sticking out with a flower on, and that presents the whole tree. So you have to think more abstract. This is why I like talking to people because I'm always learning because as a beginner, it's sort of, you don't know what you don't know. Now, when I'm going to look at the displays in the future, I'll be able to look at this in a completely new light, you know? And that's what makes it interesting because I think that's what makes showing bonsai a little bit more interesting for me because I have to use my imagination a little bit more. And it can be more playful and you can use very simple material to make a, a simple, elegant tree. It doesn't have to be a huge trunk found in the mountains. It can be a seedling grown for a few years. I have made small forest plantings with one or two years old seedlings, put them in a pot, prune them a little. And in three to five years, I have a beautiful little imagination of a forest. Yeah, I also think, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're in Israel and like space is really quite an issue. I mean, a lot of people uh, or a lot of my friends, this is, they're basically bound by space. It's not, yeah. it's not like in, in Europe or in the States. I think it's very similar to Japan where everybody has got very small uh, living spaces, maybe a small little like porch or something that they, they can go out onto. And this is why Shohin could be such a fantastic way to, to be able to keep, more than one big massive tree on your porch you could yeah. have quite a few well if if i was actually listening to what you have to say i need about 20 of them on the porch to be <laughs> able to yeah but all of that depends how you how you look at bonsai because uh, i think maybe a little bit too often we talk about when we are growing trees they have to go to an exhibition they have to be premium trees uh, so you can win uh, prizes and so on. But I know uh, I have a, an online school and a lot of people are not going to shows. They're having them for their own sake. They're, they're having them to enjoy themselves. And, and in, now that thing with putting them together, you don't have to do that. I often put a, one single tree into my living room on the table to, just to enjoy it. When people come over? Yeah, not for exhibition, for, but for decoration or, and for my own joy. And the same if you only have a balcony to grow them. If you just have five trees and you enjoy that, that's fine. It doesn't have yeah. to be grown just to be able to go to an exhibition. That isn't necessary. We have different approaches. People are buying expensive trees, yeah, for hundreds of dollars and euros and, and or thousands uh, to win prizes. And other people uh, are growing them from basic material to have the joy of developing them. And, and the greatest joy for me is that I have trees now as showing that I have been growing for 20, 25 years plus, and they are still showing, but that means something to me to follow that tree for such a long time. Yeah, it's been with you the whole way, hey? Yeah, and I see it develop from being uh, a tiny little uh, worth nothing thing to, to have mature bark dense ramification and expresses and it expresses that beautiful big tree. I think that's also something very important is that not everybody's in it to win some kind of competition. So no. you don't always have to like have award-winning trees. I mean, I think it's even more important. I feel it's quite a lot that you come back from a stressed day at work and you go and sit in front in sit in the bonsai garden, pick up a tree exactly. and Two hours later, you sort of realize, oh, wait, what am And that's it. You, every, all of the stress from the day has just disappeared. So, and, and I have larger trees in my collection as well. But the main thing for me 
is the show and also because exactly what you mentioned there the thing coming home from work or having a weekend off and it, it's for me it's a greater pleasure to take a small tree and sit with it in 30 minutes or an hour look at it take it up in my hand i can look in it from all angles cut it a little it takes maybe less than 30 minutes and i have done a little tree and i feel feel pleasure about doing that compared to a large uh, coniferous tree that i have to maybe pinch and wire for a full weekend yeah i've uh, it's more special <laughs> i can I, I can imagine yeah it's really relaxing taking one or two trees and just sit with them and with a scissor and you have done them in a few minutes and uh, that's truly relaxing you've also you've also got a tokenomy you built like a tokenomy in your in the garden itself or yeah i built a tokenomy in my garden because my house is too small to have a tokenomy inside it simply didn't fit in so i thought why not build an outdoor tokenomy i think i'm one of the first ones ever done it like that because i got messages from japan and say what are you doing it should be inside but, <laughs> but, they, but they really liked it and now i have seen people copy it around and i i enjoy putting a tree up there especially when we have guests putting up a scroll or just a tree inside there and i have light in it at night it's really beautiful and just sit in a chair and look at a tree you put up there and you can forget time disappears yeah it's it's a, it, it was an inspiration for me because like you said, from most of the tokenomas I've seen, they've all been indoors. And then I saw yours and I was like, ah, and I'm trying to sort of build a Japanese garden in my, in my place. So this is, uh, so once I saw, ah, you put a token. So I was like, ah, so I can put it on the porch outside uh, and it's fine. So, yeah, so I've definitely been thinking about how I can squeeze one into the, on the other side of the porch, because it's basically just behind where the table is. So it'll be a good place to, to stick it that, uh, when guests come over yeah and sit and enjoy it and just enjoy a tree that peaceful uh feeling you get when it is put up in that simple way just on a clean background and i can use really a lot of time just to sit and watch on watch a tree that way and suddenly it begins to see something you didn't see before I say okay that branch maybe in the future it should be should i cut it off or should i not and you know and and then your mind is free because you're thinking on, on something else. And and I'd, I usually say you, you could do anything. It could be an old car you were trying to fix, or it could be taking a run. It doesn't matter. It is doing something that you love. So the everyday things disappear. Well, one thing I do like to end the, the show off with uh, is with the question that uh, what habits do you wish you had started like as a beginner, if you could go back now? what i did wrong well it, it could it, it might not even be something that you did wrong it might just be something that if you had started it uh, 25 years ago that it would have been it would have progressed you even like fast forwarded maybe like five years or something of the beginning time yeah I actually started 25 years ago so <laughs> <But> <laughs> i would say one of the mistakes because that i think is an important point one of the big mistakes i did in the early start even a gardener that is that I compared things I could do as a gardener with what I could do with bonsai. And th those two things are very different. Of course, it is a great value to, to know things about gardening and, and how trees works, but you cannot compare it because many of the techniques you learn in bonsai have no proof. They just try and error. You can do this because you have tried 
someone have tried it before you over and over again. And nobody would expect that if you cut leaves off a tree that they would put out new leaves that are smaller, for example. That's just a trial and error thing. Maybe someone have observed a tree in nature being attacked by by bugs and losing all the leaves and then smaller leaves come out. But you have to test that at different trees and some trees absolutely dislike it and will be killed by it. So, But what I did wrong in the start was impatience, that I did too much at once. I wanted to wide, I wanted to cut it, I wanted to repot it, I wanted a fast result. And what happens is the opposite thing. Either you kill the tree or you lose all that time you tried to save in the end because the tree is weakened and they have to overcome what you have done and it will take a long time. So what I have learned especially is adding one extra month of patience every year where I wait <laughs> doing things too hasty. And I have experienced every time I wait longer than I normally would, I gain something from it. And I got quicker results by waiting, doing things because the tree have time to adapt. And every time you touch the roots, for example, you set the tree back. And normally people talk about showing, but oh, you have to repot them every year at least. I said, no way. You should repot when they are ready to be repot. When you cannot water them more, when the roots filling the pot, or you begin to see them coming through the draining holes then it might be time to do it. But saying that it should be every year is, is is wrong because you cannot put any time schedule on anything in bonsai. You cannot put it in a schema. You have to do it when the tree tells you when you should do it. I think I, that is some of the things I have learned from that I should have known from the start, being more patient. This is now my sixth podcast that I'm doing. And yep. you're the sixth person to say exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> so I, 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 I think somewhere, somewhere in the back of my mind, it's starting to sort of filter in that I need to, I need to take my time, basically. That's, yeah, but you have to learn it because it's something you learn by doing mistakes. Yeah. And you only find the limits on each spitzy by testing the limits. And you will make mistakes and you will cry and say, damn, if I have waited with that, I had a great tree today but okay now it's dead but then you learn it for the next one yeah as long as you're learning from the mistakes yeah exactly yeah and we will all make mistakes it is impossible not to do it i guess if you're not making mistakes you're not pushing hard enough either hey? exactly. or at least like you know you're yeah. not you're not sort of advancing the your skills the advantage today is that there is so much to learn from clubs and online teaching there's so much to learn out there when i started i I would really have liked to have more of that knowledge available. I had some old books, and some of them were pretty wrong in what they were saying, what to do and when. And then I had to make those mistakes and learn. Today, you have a lot of people knowing a lot, and you have the full internet full of information, but also misinformation. So you have to sort things. The balance, yeah, the balance. This is, I, I have to say that I've started sort of, really at a at a great time because the story like as i've been speaking to more people and uh talking to people that have been in bonza for a while and listening to podcasts it seems to just come up more and more that information is not the problem anymore like if you want to find information nowadays that is not the problem not no, at all the problem the problem is misinformation i would say the problem is that we've got too much information and yeah unfortunately everybody now can jump online and uh and and 
say whatever they want, basically. Yeah. So yeah. we've got the opposite problem now. But yeah, uh, as soon as we so, sort through that, uh, yeah. Well, talking about getting in touch, how, how can people get in touch with you or find the online course or or the shop that you that you have? Well, they they can simply uh, go on kisetsuen.com or search for Shohan Bonsai and my name, Morten Albeck, and, and it will pop up at Google or I'm on Facebook and Instagram with Kisetsuen as well. And there are links all over. So and they, I have I have an online school with a five-day free trial period. So you can pop in and try it out without any costs. And you can also jump off at any time if you want to. But I have a weekly video on with a special technique or a special approach. And then every month we also have an online live Q&A with people from different parts of the world. I even have a guy from from Australia who wakes up 3.30 in the morning every month oh. to take part in it. Wow, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah. That is really dedication. Dedication to little trees. It's amazing what we will do to just at the end yeah. of the day for a little tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, that's possible. Yeah. And YouTube. I'm on YouTube as well. So your uh, online course, so that's basically just sort of a weekly, you've got videos that come up uh, weekly then? Yeah, exactly. And then oh, you great. can ask questions. People send in their questions about the trees if they have a problem, about styling or health-wise. Uh, they can write and I write directly back to them as well. And, and then it's, the, it's, it's sort of, I, I, I take it that it's mainly around uh, Shohin uh, Bonsai then? No, no, it's, it's everything because I also teach this larger trees. But Shohin is, of course, my speciality, but I have people with huge trees as well. So. Okay, so the online isn't just specific. No. So yeah, okay, great. So there, there, there's of course a lot of showing in it, but most of the techniques adapt to larger trees anyway. Well, thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you very much oh, for coming on. I was, uh, I really, pre- and I, again, like I said, I'm going to be looking at uh, bonsai displays. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, in two, three weeks' time, I'm going to be going to Arco. So I'll be looking at the the displays that are over there with a whole new light now. So thank you very, very much, Morton. It was a pleasure. Thank you.